Hello and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Relay FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Jillian Parker. Hey, everyone. Hey, Quinn. Hello, Jillian. Guess what? What? We're in the same time zone. Wow. Plot twist of the century. It has been so long. Um, th- this means that it is not the middle of the night for me, and it's great. <laughs> and this means we can stop write- We can stop writing EST when we uh, figure out what times we're doing the recording at. So I'm looking forward to to the weeks to come. I know what a great luxury. And here, here's the thing: I know that a lot of podcasts are hosted by people in different time zones, but that's like that's like their normal. Where we're used to recording in the same room. This has been a stressful time for all of us. <laughs> oh my god, I will never take recording in the same room for granted ever again. No, especially when one of us has a full-time job that requires her to work until 8pm. <laughs> yeah, well, it happens. Yeah, and I just, I would like to say, though, for all that I had to record really late, like, Jillian was the one literally working all day and then running home and jumping on the microphone to record and doing all of this stuff so like thank you for all of the work that you put in for this um, this this summer oh shucks no thank you quinn for always editing and doing your your podcast magic but oh my god quinn i would just like to highlight that i did at times when i didn't have time and i had to rush home from work i did take public transportation for you no way yes i would not even do that for my boyfriend so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i feel so special (laughs) You are. Was there literally a situation in which you were late to see him or something and you refused to take public transportation? Uh, maybe? It sounded like you were speaking from experience. Yeah, this is all hypothetical. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, no, so Quinn is the only person I'll take public transport for, so it's good. It's all good. I love it. So once again, we're recording early this week because Jillian's about to go to Dubai, um, of all places. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, I was uh, in Seattle this past week and then I went to LA for a few days and now I'm home for the next 36 hours and then I'm going to Dubai to just do a conference for one of my school's organizations. So it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I have been living on an airplane, so the jet lag will be unreal, but it's okay. Yeah, she's going to jump right into senior year returning from this, so it's going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah, it's going to be, I'm definitely going to be thriving the first week of school, but it's okay. We'll be fine. Yeah. Maybe. Everything will be fine. Um, But you're moving in really soon, right, Quinn? Yeah, I'm moving in in six days, so. Ah! Yeah, it's lit. But because we are recording early this week, um, it's estimated that actually while we are recording this episode, the moon will travel in front of the sun and we will be plunged into darkness. So that's fun. Yeah, that especially for Samantha Adams and Cameron Kuhn, who will be getting married during this total solar eclipse. Um, did you buy, Quinn, by the way, Quinn, did you buy any sort of eclipse glasses that everyone's talking about? No, I didn't. Um, I'm just going to not look at it. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the most economically efficient way to go about things. Also, apparently a bunch of those glasses don't even work and people are going to get hurt and it sucks. So Yeah, I heard. It's not taking chances. Yeah, half of them are a scam, which is just like, oh, yikes. Yeah, what are you, what are your eclipse plans? Um, hopefully I'll be napping by then. 
but oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I underappreciate our galaxy and like the astronomy of our skies because I'm kind of just like, eh, eclipse. Eh, I've had enough of them ever since I read, you know, the Twilight series and saw the movie. So, I'm just I'm kind of over it, but I understand the hype. I understand why people are excited about it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like a cool thing, right? But it's also it's like, how are you supposed to appreciate something like that properly? Like, like, oh, the moon is in front of the sun. That's so cool. And it's dark. But also, like, I mean, okay. Like, what are you, what are you supposed to do? I don't know. Yeah. And how long is it supposed to be dark for? Um, well, so we're up in the northeast. So we're not going to be in the path of totality, as they put it. Um, and so we're never going to get a f- total eclipse because it's not going to line up right. But it's, it's going on for a few hours, I think. Oh, wow. Um, and the the peak in Maine is supposed to be around 2 o'clock, I believe. So that'll be in the, it'll be the most dark. Yeah, and for this couple, um, they're getting married in Missouri. And apparently for them, the peak is around 1.08 p.m. And so they're literally going to, like, finish their wedding ceremony. And then everyone's going to put on their eclipse glasses, whether or not they work, TBD or TBA. But, and then watch the eclipse. So that's, I don't know, that's like a cool wedding thing to do, I suppose. I mean, that's pretty dope, honestly, to plan your wedding around an eclipse. They could actually just word it, the eclipse planned itself around the wedding. That is not how stars work, but I appreciate your optimism. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like to think that the, uh... Our skies take everything into consideration when making their planetary or star-like moves, but whatever. It's fine. So the, the, this, that conversation is getting close to astrology. I don't understand astrology, and I mean, like, I literally don't know what they... Like, I hear the phrase Mercury retrograde tossed around a lot. I don't know what that means. I think it's supposed to be bad. Um, it sounds like a band name. It, it'd be, it's probably is a band name. But I'm like, I'm so fascinated by the idea of astrology. Like, I always, I will often, like, Google, like, Capricorn horoscope because I just want to know what it is. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, okay. Ooh, the stars are telling me this. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm an Aquarius. And so it's funny because an Aquarius, like, you think water, right? And it, the Aquarius actually translates to, like, the water bearer. But it's technically an air sign, which is just frustrating to me that's just annoying i am a contradiction i think capricorn is an earth sign i'm gonna google it Mm -hmm. apparently goats are the most like promiscuous creatures in the animal kingdom what yeah that's what my um english teacher told me in (laughs) in 12th grade okay that is very random and weird um but also thank you for whatever that was supposed to imply i was just like how well i think it was just because like someone was a capricorn and then we talked about like goats and we were reading some book where like goats came up and she was like oh yeah goats are the most promiscuous animals in the animal kingdom and i was just like how did they figure that out like (laughs) okay goats are gonna get it on i mean yeah (laughs) that oh my god that's the title of our episode no it's not (laughs) okay i tried for the record, I have confirmed that Capricorn is an Earth sign, and it is ruled by the planet Saturn. So there's that. <laughs> um, back to the eclipse. This is, I can already tell how focused this episode is going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. I have to share this. Um, I tweeted about this 
but I also just like need to stress how freaked out I am by the concept of the eclipse. And I actually asked my mom about this because I was like, why is it so dangerous to look at it? Because I mean, you can look at the sun, don't stare at the sun or anything, but like, you know, if you look at the sun during everyday life, you're kind of like, oh, and then it's fine. But it turns out that it's because it's dark. And so you're normally when you look at the sun, you're, you're squinting and then your pupils are tiny because they're already taking in so much light. And so you're kind of shielding yourself from the radiation. But when you look at the eclipse, it's dark and your pupils are wide open and then you'll just take all that radiation into your eyes and you won't even feel it. Um, I mean, you might feel like it, it's, you won't even feel like the same kind of pain when you look at the sun because it's not bright in the same way, but you're still getting like all that radiation. And that's just, all that is terrifying. Yeah. Oh my God. That's just really scary. And I would not mess with that. Even if I had like the best glasses in the world i don't trust things quinn i don't trust inanimate objects i came home and there were welding helmets on the table and i was like uh what wait why well my parents bought them because i thought they could view the eclipse through them turns out no that's not true so now we just have welding helmets (laughs) well if i need to weld something in the next you know week i'll I'll know who to call (laughs) thanks yeah, I've, I've just, I've never had an opportunity in life before where I'm like, oh, if I look at something, it will physically damage me. That's not a normal thing. No, it's definitely not. There's also um, conversations about like what you should do with your pets during the eclipse, because it's generally recommended that you leave them inside because, you know, if they look at it, it will damage their eyes and everything. But the, the other part of this is that animals aren't dumb enough to look at the sun. <laughs> Yeah, I feel, okay, I think animals are a lot smarter than people, or at least most people, so I feel like they're safe here. Well, animals still got those survival instincts that we've just removed from humans. (laughs) Oh, yeah, like, they can tell when earthquakes are coming, like, way before they actually occur. Is that true? That's what I read somewhere, yeah. (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of faulty claims going on in the last ten minutes, (laughs) but... Animals. No, I'm totally gonna look this up. Okay. Feel free to, uh, feel free to confirm. Earthquake. I will fact check myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's anec- uh, mm, that's anecdotal evidence. Gosh darn it. Okay. Can animals sense earthquakes? National Geographic? Okay. So, it's- there is anecdotal evidence, but I don't know if it's actually- It's like- it's somewhat backed up. What does that even mean? It's somewhat backed up. Uh, I don't actually have any idea what that means. I guess that means that there are some studies that confirm it and some studies that refute it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, apparent, according to like a 2015 study, animals can predict earthquakes based on scientists like filming behavioral changes before the earthquake and after. So maybe that's some sort of scientific evidence backing up the fact, but who knows? But I still I still think that animals are smarter than people, and I will stick to that assertion. No, I can support that as well. Um, a- animals in general just, like, got things figured out. Not all of them. For example, sheep. Sheep are dumb. Sorry if you like sheep. I also like sheep, but they're dumb. Oh my god, they're so cute and fluffy. Okay, you know what? This summer we went to Wales... You know what's in whales? Sheep. Sheep are in whales. And there's, they are, I've had enough of sheep for a while. <laughs> That's where we are right now. 
totally focused and committed to talking about the solar eclipse. This started off being relevant. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, this is just like a super cool thing that's happening. There was an XKCD comic about this where they were like, oh, is the scientific community really excited about the eclipse? And the person was like, yeah, it's going to be dope. And then it was this back and forth, like, isn't it important for science? And it's like, well, no, it's just going to look really cool. <laughs> if you're wearing the glasses. Yeah. Um, don't look at the sun because it will kill you. That's what I've learned. <laughs> yeah, so if you decide to just check in and start listening now to the <laughs> to the podcast, there is an eclipse today. Do not look at it. This episode's not going out for four days. What are they going to do? <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Well, there was an eclipse four days ago, and we did not look at it, hopefully. I know. Um, I will add an addendum to this episode if I ended up accidentally looking at the eclipse and I died. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, with regard to our favorite racist in the White House, Steve Bannon, um, he actually, well, he actually left the White House. Um, He is going to return to his previous job as one of the executives for Breitbart, our favorite favorite alt-right news source. So, what do you think about this, Quinn? First of all, to be clear, when she says favorite, we mean not favorite. (laughs) Oh, yeah, all of this is, co- yeah, we, we hate Bannon, just disclaimer, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wouldn't say this is a surprise in the same way that nothing is a surprise anymore, so there's that. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like tensions with Bannon has been escalating for a while, um, and he's really not getting along with other people in the White House. He's been, you know, saying bad things about them and undermining Trump's policy decisions. I say poli- policy decisions very loosely um mm-hmm. that kind of thing so i suppose it's not a huge surprise that he's ousted i think that there is a purpose behind it being right after charlottesville um and i think it's a little bit of like look we got rid of our white nationalist everything is fine now and i'm like, mm, not fine you are still not fine um plus now steve bannon is just running around in the world again he's loose he's loose now um and is back to breitbart and so that's that's all bad too yeah, apparently, though, I'm going to link this in the show notes, but um, apparently Bannon and Trump had agreed that he was going to leave in the middle of August anyway, but then Charlottesville happened, and so now Bannon is sort of used as a scapegoat, and Trump is sort of using this as, oh, look, guys, see, like, this is the problem here. Everything's going to go great now that Steve Bannon's leaving. So, gotta love scapegoats in history. I feel like we're kind of getting to the situation where people could be like, Quinn, would nothing make you happy with this administration? And I'll be like, no, nothing will make me happy. You are correct. Because um, last week I kind of called for, I, I referenced the fact that Bannon's still in the White House as evidence that, like, um, the White House is terrible and now he's out. And I'm like, mm, still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, this is all the work of, I think, the chief of staff, um, Priebus, and he's just all, you know, he's taking control and he's sort of showing Trump where things need to go. And I think Trump's just going along with it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I obviously don't like Bannon. And, yes, Trump does has had a lot of history with racist comments in the past. And he's not our favorite person right now. But you know what? I'm going to take what I can get. Wait, I thought Priebus was gone. Wait, what? I thought Priebus left with Scaramucci. Not Priebus. Oh, my God. Um, Wait. I can't keep track. Yes, sorry, Kelly. Oh my god, I'm a hot mess. 
Yes. Wait, oh, was it Kelly? I don't even know who these people are. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, John F. Kelly. Sorry, fam. I am so used to talking about Priebus that it's just, well, whatever. Chief of Staff. It's it's a title. It's probably going to change like five more times before this administration ends, so who knows. I think five is a conservative estimate. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, it's just people are moving too fast to keep up with. But at any rate, Bannon is the latest one gone. Um, so whoever had money on Bannon for this week, you can go collect your winnings. See, by the time this episode goes out, there might be someone else gone as well. We don't know. They're dropping like flies. Yeah. Plot twist. Quinn is actually the new chief of staff. Oh my god. Don't even say that. (laughs) Not because it's gonna happen, just because it gives me hives. Do you think Pence will be ousted? Um, I don't think so, actually. He hasn't been making a lot of waves recently, but I don't know. It kind of seems like the moment anyone starts, you know, starting anything, they're out. Yeah, pretty much. I think he's just trying to, like, stay under the radar as much as possible. Well, being vice president is a good place to do that. Yes, that's that's true. You make some good points. So now we kind of have two things going on, which is what's going on in the White House post Bannon's departure and also what Bannon is doing um, off on his own back in, you know, the loving arms of Breitbart. Ugh, that... Uh, what... Do people actually read Breitbart? Like, what is their subscription levels? Like, oh my god. Oh, here's the thing. Apparently, they had, um, I was just reading about this morning, 62 million visitors, uh, this month, which is not that many, honestly. So, there's, it's, it's, this has been demonstrated, um, multiple times recently, which we'll get into it a little bit later, but... The, the whole kind of Breitbart subscriber base of, like, angry white supremacists is honestly much smaller than um, their online presence would suggest. Both in terms of, like, a lot of these people are honestly literally bots, um, but also in terms of, first of all, there's not as many as them, and they're also completely unwilling to actually show up in person for this kind of thing because... That's not a good idea. <laughs> I just... I even hate the name. Breitbart? Yeah, it just sounds so like... It just sounds like a bottle of lies to begin with. Is Breitbart the name of the guy who made it? Yeah. Yeah, so it was founded by Andrew Breitbart. Right, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, I I honestly... Like, I agree with you that it's a terrible name, but I also... I don't even know if that's just because I have so many negative emotions associated with it that I cannot objectively think about the name outside of those emotions. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, We are biased from the start. (laughs) We are nothing if not biased. Oh, true that. Hashtag social constructionism. (laughs) Oh my god, stop. (laughs) Uh... You are a social construct. <laughs> well, so are you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh. At any rate, um, yeah, so Bannon is a little bit of a loose cannon right now. Um, it, it's definitely looking like he wants, he really hates Jared Kushner, by all accounts. Um, and he hates Ivanka, and he thinks that they're too, you know, moderate or liberal or whatever, and, you know, not as quite 
a fascist as he is. Um, so it, it's likely that he's going to be going after them. I think that if Trump fails to, and I definitely think if, if Trump fails to live up to Bannon's expectations of what he thinks the White House should look like, then he's going to go after Trump too, which might be an interesting kind of like civil war on their fronts. It, it would be nice if they could just drag all each other down and just take everybody down themselves and we can just sit back and watch that'd be a cool thing that'd always be entertaining also just found out that gerard kushner's and um ivanka trump's couple name is javanka oh yeah i've heard that what what i am clearly late to the party here i'm sorry that you missed out on their couple name which is clearly the most important thing about them i mean come on that that's pretty much the their claim to fame here I don't know, as much as I don't like Jaron Kushner and Ivanka Trump and think that they're just kind of, uh, I really don't like Ivanka, um, I obviously take them over Steve Bannon, um, who is just on another level. But it's kind of, there's really no winner in this fight for me. There, I, I cannot win. Yeah, Quinn is just struggling here. Everyone's against her. Except for you, right? Correct! Yay! Ugh. We're all in this together. Oh my god, throwback. Do you think that anything's going to change within the White House now that Bannon's gone? Um, I definitely think there's going to be less, hopefully, there's going to be less negative press, considering Bannon pretty much was the most, at least, egregious, dark spot, black black spot in the administration. Um... But, I don't know, did he really do anything besides just make really controversial statements? Well, he was Trump's chief strategist for a while, so he definitely had influence on his decisions. Yeah, but Trump hasn't really been doing anything, so... I mean, he's been trying to do things. He's been threatening other countries, he's been trying to put laws in place, and some of them are in place, and, like, it's it's a mess out there. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. He's He's definitely making a valiant effort. So like I referenced before, Bannon being fired like at this particular point of time was probably at least partially a response to what happened in Charlottesville. And I mean, obviously with an event that big, there's been a lot of other fallouts in Charlottesville as well um, all across the country in terms of conversations, but also, you know, um, a big topic of conversation has been the removal of Confederate statues. This is just an interesting topic, I think. Because, you know, there is always that debate between, you know, remembering history, but then also trying to learn from our past mistakes and incorporate that into, you know, the current culture and trying to remedy that and make up, sort of make up for what we've, what the bad things we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this question? Should we remove statues of, you know, Confederate soldiers? My gut answer is yes but then that also just opens up a lot of other questions like okay so if we take down confederate statues does that mean we also have to take down or remove some parts of the university of virginia because that's that's like thomas jefferson's school and thomas jefferson was known for owning slaves so to me it's just a slippery slope to what to this weird question of like what should we save and what shouldn't we save because there is so much crossover between like confederate statues but then its relation to other 
parts of our history, such as Thomas Jefferson, that are mostly positive, but also do have these negative connotations as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that it is the right thing to do to remove Confederate statues, especially in the wake of today's political climate. Um, Because it's, it's, I feel like a lot of people have been pointing out, which should be fairly obvious, is that there is a huge difference between remembering history and commemorating someone and, and celebrating that. And the removal of a Confederate statue from a, a public place is nowhere near the same thing. Like, it's not removing it from the history books. It's not removing it from museums. It's saying that those things should be limited to history instead of still being celebrated today. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, there's a, like going off of that, there's a huge difference between having a Confederate flag in a museum versus waving it around in public. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's like we have Nazi stuff in museums as well, because that's where it belongs. Right, right. But then on the question of, well, let's continue using the example of Thomas Jefferson, that is a a more complicated question, because you have on one hand, you know, he was one of the so-called founding fathers of the United States, he wrote the Declaration of Independence, um, these kinds of things. And then also, like, he was a slaveholder and he raped his slaves and had and they bore children for him and like those are all horrible things and and there's this this argument about like the context of the time and i don't think we can entirely dismiss you know what the context of the time was and but at the same time like just because slaveholding was normal for the time does not mean that like they're excused for thinking it's okay to own another person you know right exactly mm-hmm. and that's that's a that's a tricky line yeah that's definitely a weird not a weird but definitely a complicated perspective i guess i i don't even know what i think my view is because i don't know that much about the subject and i think talking or reading interviews by someone who studies American history would just be a lot more comprehensive than what I think. But it's just, I like, I don't think we should take down, like, I don't think we should get rid of the University of Virginia. So like, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone's calling to take down the entire University of Virginia. Like it's right. a school. Right. <laughs> I know. But like Thomas Jefferson is like their idol, you know? So it's just like, we're yes we're idolizing or we're making Thomas Jefferson is a model for like student life or whatever because at the University of Virginia they have this beautiful like memorial and the statue of Thomas Jefferson um and it just like brings up the question like is this okay like can't like should we be doing this even though he did all those awful things like how much awful does a person have to do before that becomes you know what he's known for yeah, because we, we can't just add it up on, you know, plus and minus columns. Yeah, exactly. Like, people have done bad things, but that doesn't necessarily make them bad people. And I think that's just, that's just a whole nother philosophical question for another time. But I think that's definitely, these are the things that need to be considered when asking, should we take down Confederate statues? Because I think they should be taken down. Because as Quinn said, like, there are some things that belong in museums and should stay there. Um, but then we also have to ask ourselves, well, where does this end? Like, how far do we take this? Mm-hmm. That's a much more interesting question. Yeah, definitely. 
you also brought up a really good point when we were talking about this off the show um which is just a lot of this comes down to money mm-hmm oh yeah a lot of schools have been facing these questions where buildings are named after after families who own slaves or who donated money to the school but um and based off of income they've made from owning slaves and from the work that slaves have done so it's just a question of should we remove these buildings names and replace them with different names and there's that another again that whole question of oh like should we erase history or should is this we don't want to commemorate these families but they did contribute to the school so i feel like in some way they should be honored blah 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 but i honestly think that this discussion of remembering history versus honoring people who have held slaves in the past it really boils down to how much money does the school need and how willing are they to change a name based on some monetary donation? Because I honestly think that any school would be happy to change the name of a building if somebody threw $500 million at them. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, school buildings' names get changed all the time. Not, I mean, not all the time, but like they do get changed because someone else threw enough money at them. And I'm not saying we're going to, like, crowdfund $500 million to change the name of racist buildings. Like, that's... <laughs> uh, but the the point is that, like, money would move this dial for sure. So it's interesting the whole moral arguments and how, like, how moral arguments don't have the same power as money does in this situation. Yeah, like, I think moral arguments or arguments that are based on ethical reasoning is just like, oh, like... This, this makes sense and you should do this and you can have all of these sources and all of these views. But then like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so how much money do you have and can you write me a check? Well, they did actually, um, they changed it at, at Yale, I believe. I read this story that there was Calhoun College at Yale and, you know, people had a lot of problems with the, having a building named after Calhoun. And so they end up actually changing it to the Grace Hopper College. Oh, right. I remember that. Yeah. After, you know, a female idol in history, as opposed to, you know, the the president of the South. Yeah. Grace Hopper is one of the leading figures in computer science and especially looked up to as a female um, pioneer in this field. So that was a cool thing that happened. But I know that like that was a campaign that happened for many years, I believe. And um, obviously things are kind of speeding up now. Like we do have several places and schools removing their Confederate statues and the university of Texas just put out an announcement that they're doing this. They're putting Confederate statues, um, in areas of research and study and, and like museums instead of, um, out in public spaces, which I think was a really good move by them and, and should be applauded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's, you know, schools like that who do have this reputation of, being really prominent in education and making these changes and I think gradually over time other schools will get the hint and people will start to push for the names of buildings to be changed but I definitely do think as you've mentioned before that honestly money is the real incentive and real catalyst here uh capitalism ah uh, capitalism okay Jillian uh this is not our main pop culture topic for the day but i just have to bring this up as have you seen what's going on with taylor swift oh my god i did not even realize until it was i just like stumbled across it but like oh my god i am shooketh i am shooketh yeah so taylor swift deleted 
all of her stuff from social media, um, from, she deleted all her Instagrams, which are beautiful, um, all of her Instagram and Twitter and all these kind of things. And she removed her profile pictures and everyone's like, what's happening? And you know what I'm thinking? New music. It's coming. Um, and then today, as we were recording this episode on, you know, Monday morning, she posted this couple second video of a snake. Interesting. And here, this is, okay, this is culturally important for the Taylor Swift universe because that um, ever since the whole thing went down with Kim Kardashian and Kanye, people have been calling her a snake um, and, and saying that, you know, with <laughs> not altogether wrong, um, you know, that she lies and that she likes to play the victim and that um, that she's untrustworthy and so she is a snake. And But now I'm like, what is she doing? She just what's happening (laughs) yeah so there are a lot of theories going on and some people think that actually this is like symbolic of the eclipse and that she's blacking out all of her social media and to only come back with like some new album and like pull a total beyonce and just like have you know these all these new songs and like accompanying um music videos which i think would be pretty dope since we need a new taylor swift album people we do we need it. I can't even... I would say, like, the world needs it. I don't know. I need it. Oh, yeah. Quinn and I need it. <laughs> More than anyone. <laughs> There's also some debate over whether or not it's actually a snake in this video, but, like, I think it is. I think this is a sign that she is embracing her dark side, and she's just gonna go, like, full speed ahead with it. Oh, yeah. And I support that. Um, I actually have respect for her in that regard because I think like if you want to be hungry and ruthless and just want to become the most powerful person in the world and people realize that you want to do that but then they call you out for it I think you have to embrace it and you can't play the whole oh no I'm innocent I'm this country girl from Tennessee even though I was actually born in Pennsylvania and also like me and Katy Perry used to be best friends but now we're not so you know like it just has to be you really need to just own the image and own the brand that people have sort of created for you because of your actions in the past. Yeah, and I think she's smart enough that she will embrace it. I don't think she's going to try to do another, like, total innocent, um, sweet girl pivot again. Like, she knows that's gone. Oh, yeah, that ended and... with fearless. Like, come on, people. Let's let's get real here. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving forward. All right, <laughs> let's go. But Taylor Swiftism aside, uh, our actual pop culture topic for the week is actually really depressing. Um, I'm genuinely extremely upset about this, so... We'll get into it, but um, basically yesterday, uh, Joss Whedon's ex-wife published a article talking about their marriage um, and sharing for the first time these details about what happened and basically um, saying that he cheated on her many, many times over the course of their marriage and was cheating on her with younger actresses that he was working with and um, basically said that he was using their marriage and like using his work is trying to portray himself as this you know ultimate feminist ally um and in reality was just sleeping with younger actresses and like abusing his power and cheating on his wife and all these things and i'm sad i'm so sad yeah this just really aggravates me on a number of levels not only because obviously the moral reasons behind this like you shouldn't cheat on your spouse but just again like 
obviously this is a much more dramatic um, manifestation than the Taylor Swift thing. But the fact that, well, Taylor Swift is going to own her snakehood, like, he's not, and he's hiding behind this, oh, I respect women, and, like, I really do care about their careers and things like that to just disguise all of their, all of his affairs, which is just absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and there's been, in the, in the, recently, there's been more and more mounting that I've been reading about, like, how problematic a lot of his work really is, um, in terms of, like, how it treats women, and, this kind of thing and and i was just like uh but i the, i mean i he made um two of my favorite television series in the entire world which is buffy the vampire slayer and firefly and like they are buffy has long been recognized as like one of the most feminist television shows ever and like it's supposed to be so incredible and i do think that it is incredible and i also think firefly is wonderful and i love it and but there's also like some other stuff he made that does treats women like really badly like dr horrible sing-along blog and honestly the avengers and this kind of thing and so it's like oh no it's it's all coming tumbling down and that's just depressing wait what in the avengers specifically um has he been criticized for because the i love the avengers like i think they're I loved the movies, and those are some movies, and I, people who know me know that I do not like movies, so I'm also disappointed that the, the one director of movies that I do like is actually just a total D-bag. Yeah, well, I mean, I also love The Avengers, but, um, first of all, Black Widow is, like, the only female character in the first movie, and that's not great. Not necessarily his fault, that's kind of a hollywood comic book problem um but also i think the the most criticism that he's gotten for this is a particular scene in the second avengers movie in which um first of all scarlett johansson as black widow her her whole arc in the second movie is kind of about how she's um uh going after the uh bruce banner and like has feelings for him and then she's struggling with some stuff in her past but she um is struggling with it it's not presented well because it and because there's this scene in which um she refers to herself as a monster because she can't have children um because this sorry major spoilers for the avengers but um it's been out for years so because um like she was sterilized as part of her uh training as like this russian super spy and there's a way that you can interpret that scene that's like oh, well, no, she's a monster because, like, she's killed people. Um, and, of course, that's what he's talking about. But, like, that's not how the dialogue goes. And the dialogue is her talking about how she can't have kids and immediately describing herself as a monster. And there was a way to write that scene that would have made it okay, and it was not written like that. And so it's just those kinds of things that have just been, like, cropping up um, more and more, and, like, people have been discussing this more and more. And, like, like I said, everything's kind of coming, tumbling down now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just sad because, like, he has been known for being very, I don't know, pro-women, if that, not even pro-women, but, like, just, he was known for having these feminist ideals, and it's just, like, it's just really disappointing to see someone so famous sort of come crumbling down as more and more of his personal life reveals the kind of person he is, and that just makes me really sad. 
Yeah, and it's funny because it's like he's not going to come crumbling down at all. This man is directing Batgirl, and that makes me really sad at this point. Um, But yeah, and it's just... Like, I highly doubt his career is going to be impacted by this at all. But in, in terms of, like, how we personally think of him, it is a lot. And that's... There's this whole question of separating the art from the artist. And I think that that... I, I, that, that debate is very much a personal question over um, how much you can like separate someone's art from like their personal, you know, ideals and personality. And for me, I've always been um, very slanted towards the side of like, I can't really enjoy art if I know um, th- that the person who made it is a horrible person, especially in ways that are like close to me. But for me, it's like, I can't, I'm never going to let Buffy go. Like that's not, I'm never going to let this affect how much I love Buffy um but i think it's definitely going to affect how i consume work that he makes in the future oh that's also just like another question of someone's work versus who they are as a person and like how possible is it to complete how possible is it to distinguish the two you know like how much of a person is in their work and vice versa mhm yeah i think that it's definitely Art is definitely very personal, uh, which is why it's so hard to separate the two. It's not like you're buying, like, I don't know, insurance from this person. (laughs) It's just, like, you can't trust anybody. You can't trust anybody. These bros ain't loyal. Actually, no. Just everyone isn't. Nobody's loyal anymore. Uh, Literally, why... This is why you just shouldn't have heroes. Like, they say don't meet your heroes, but just, like, don't have any. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is why you shouldn't just have high expectations of people, because they will always disappoint you. I'm serious, though, because, like, I did consider Joss Whedon one of my heroes, and now I'm just like, well, what am- this is just crappy. (sighs) I actually read somewhere, or some- I read this quote once, and basically, I don't remember it word for word, but basically the gist was, you shouldn't idolize people or put them on pedestals, because the more you do that, the more the person, like, recognizes that he's above everybody and can, like, act in different and act in ways that he probably shouldn't, which I just thought was, like, a very interesting way of looking at the whole, ah, when you put someone on a pedestal, blah, 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 because I come from a very conservative town, and I know this is, like, totally tangential, but, um... A lot of the things are like, oh, like you should find someone who like puts you on a pedestal and like worships the ground you walk on and like thinks the sun comes out of your butt and like all this random stuff. But like, I don't know. Do I want that? Unclear. Yeah. No, that's a it's a good point, especially because that seems based on the article that his wife wrote or his ex-wife wrote that it really does seem to be kind of what happened here is like. And that, that's also important clarification is that, I mean, we're having this conversation because he cheated on his wife a bunch, which is obviously crappy, but also it, it becomes an issue of him as like a feminist ally because um, he, he's been like abusing his power as, as this producer to sleep with younger actresses, which is pretty crappy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so everything is a lie. Trust no one. Have no heroes. The sun is going to be blacked out very soon. I like how we uh, started with the sun and ended with the sun, and both of them have are dark, 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 dark. It's a rough time, Jillian. 
Oh, yeah, I, I feel that. Well, if you would like to hear a less depressing conversation from Jillian and I, um, our special episode for Relay is actually out now, and we both watched The Wolf of Wall Street and talked about it, and uh, it was pretty wild. Um, <laughs> so if you would like to listen to that and you're already a member, you can check your members' feeds and make sure you've got that. If you're not a Relay member why not become one? Um, you can support these shows for as little as $5 a month. You can either support us directly by going to relay.fm slash mixed feelings, or you can go to relay.fm slash membership and check out all the great shows, all the different levels and options. Um, and no matter what level you subscribe on, you get all of the benefits. So you get access to these bonus episodes, um, and a special members only podcast. A special newsletter um and even uh this month they sent out these super cool 5k wallpapers of all of the shows um to members and they're dope so if you aren't a member and you can afford to throw a few dollars our way um this is a great time to do it and we would super appreciate it so uh thanks to all of you for listening and or supporting and um all that you do for these shows and thanks to relay for having us and having this really great community and it's just been it's been a good august here at relay and, and a good third year anniversary so that's great Woo! yay relay now if you want to um find us on twitter you can follow us at mixed feelings fm or you can find us in your podcast player of choice including apple podcasts where you could leave us a review if you so desired um you can also find me on twitter at aspiring robot fm and you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me today, Quinn. Thanks for talking with me. Um, I'm excited for our next episode where we will once again be recording in the same room. So it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm Jillian Parker. I'm Quinn Rose. And these were our mixed feelings. <laughs>